0: This is Cynthia Smalls. We're back to God Ministries. How is everyone doing today? I pray that all is well in your lives, that you are walking by faith and not by sight. You are not giving up on the Lord Jesus Christ. I keep telling everyone on the podcast, Jesus is on his way back. And he told me to tell the people that. He is coming soon and his reward will be with him. He will give to each one of us all what our deeds and works deserve. Amen. Whether good or bad. So with that being said today, let us keep with these facts. First of all. I want to talk about some ways that we can obey God. Because let's put our eyes on the facts, shall we? Before we get into these six reasons to obey God. Because you see, we are talking about discipleship today. And we are talking about our duty when it comes to obeying God and why we should do that. But like I said, let us put our eyes on the facts. Our Father in heaven sent the Lord Jesus Christ to this sin-sick, dark, vile laden of a world to die for the sins of many. Jesus willingly laid down his life as a sacrifice to appease God's holy wrath. Amen. Why? Because the people sinned all the time. Jesus took the punishment that was rightly due to us. The penalty that we rightly deserve was to be separated from God for all of eternity. Because we racked up and stacked up God's wrath against us and Jesus, Jesus in his love, willingly laid down his life for the people. And when Jesus died on the cross, his blood was sprinkled on the mercy seat of God in heaven, reconciling us back to the Father Amen, and Jesus made atonement for our sins, and through His shed blood, we can have forgiveness of our sins. Jesus Christ died on the cross, and then He was buried. And then on the third day by the power of the Holy Spirit, He was resurrect- He was resurrected from the grave, Amen. And through his death, burial, and resurrection, Jesus has set us free from the control and power that sin had over our lives. Listen, he defeated death by his resurrection. Sin had no control over him. Why? Because Jesus was perfect. And he was sinless. Jesus walked on this earth as a man, as of as a flesh and blood and bone of a man. Jesus did not sin, not one time when he was on this earth. Amen. And so we must believe this gospel that he died and that he was buried. And on the third day, he rose again. Jesus Christ is very much alive today. March 28, 2021, Christ Jesus is sitting at the right hand of God the Father in heaven, making intercessions for us. And from that highly exalted position and place, Jesus is waiting to humble his enemies and make them his footstool. Amen. And so we must repent of our sins. We need to forsake them, never to return back to the vomit. We got to understand that Christ Jesus, he defeated death by his resurrection and our hope our hope is that when he returns just like his resurrected glorified body we too shall have our bodies resurrected and be glorified as his is amen and so we must do a 180 degree turn back to god Amen. Because God is holy. God is just and righteous. And we need to have a change of mind. We need to change our minds where sin is concerned because God hates sin. He hates it. And therefore, he tells us to hate it and to shun it. And to have absolutely nothing to do with sin at all. And we must respond to Jesus' finished work at the cross with a resounding yes. Amen. Listen, without Christ Jesus, there will be no salvation. There will be no reconciliation. And there will be no eternal life. Everything. And I mean, everything about your life hinges on whether or not you repent, believe that Jesus died for your sins, and turn back to God. Amen. And so let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we love you and we want you. Father, thank you for sending Jesus to save us. We needed a savior. We were so stuck in pride and sin and rebellion. Father, we needed to be saved. You said in your word that we was not looking for you. We were, we was not looking to mend the brokenness that we broke this relationship. We broke fellowship with you by our sin. Father, thank you. Thank you for forgiving us. We were so wrong. We were so wrong in everything. Father, thank you for your love and your mercy and your grace. Father, may today's teaching open up our eyes to obedience. Father, we need to obey everything. That you tell us to do out of love, we say yes, and you're right, your your commands are not burdensome. It is it is only a burden when we don't obey them because we see the consequence of sin in our lives when we do not obey you. So, Father, may today's lesson give us understanding. May it bring glory to you, Father. May the Holy Spirit give me wisdom, open my eyes to see that we must obey you, Father. You want us to have lives that are fruitful, that are keeping with repentance so that we don't have to struggle in this fallen world, like the heathens, we don't have to run after the things that the pagans run after, nor do we need to fear anything that this world is heading towards, and that is to usher, usher in their Antichrist. Father, we keep our eyes on our resurrected Lord. And so, Father, may today's lesson bring you glory, Show me, help me to understand what obedience is all about. And Father, may I walk in your truth and in full compliance and obedience. In Jesus' name, I pray that all of us, all of us who call on the name of Jesus as Lord and Savior, may we obey you to the fullest. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen. Okay, so with that being said, I want to talk about and discuss six reasons to obey God. Because if we first come over here and look at the 22nd, uh, yep, yep, the 22nd, chapter of the book of Matthew. Yep. We're going to go to Matthew today and we want to see what Jesus has to say about us loving God. Okay. Because in order to obey him, we must love him. Because if you think about it, we don't listen to nobody. If we don't have what respect for them love for them and some cases out of duty for what they have done in our lives and so let us look at Matthew 22 okay what Jesus talks about loving God and what is the most important commandment so in order for us to keep that in context, because we can start at Matthew 22, 37, but I want to take it up. Let us take it up all the way to verse 23, because Jesus was discussing about the resurrection, and so when we look at verse 23, it says that same day, I'm reading out of the New Living Translation today. It says that uh, that same day, Jesus was approached by some Sadducees, religious leaders who say there is no resurrection from the dead. They pose this question in verse 24, teacher. Moses said, if a man dies without children, his brother should marry the widow and have a child who will carry on the brother's name. Well, suppose there, are, suppose there were seven brothers. The oldest one married and then died without children, so his brother married the widow. Verse 26 But the second brother also died, and the third brother married her. This continued with all seven of them. Verse 27 Last of all, the woman also died. So tell us, whose wife will she be in the resurrection? For all seven were married to her. Verse 29 Jesus replied, and this is what I love, love, love about our Lord and Savior, because he stayed giving them Pharisees, the Sadducees, the elders and the scribes, the righteous business, because you see, they were always trying to trip him up in his teachings. Let's see how Jesus responded. He said in verse 29, Jesus replied, Your mistake is that you do not know the scriptures, and you don't know the power of God. For when the dead rise, they will neither marry nor be given in marriage. In this respect, they will be like the angels in heaven. Amen. Verse 31. But now as to whether there will be a resurrection of the dead, excuse me, but now as to whether there will be a resurrection of the dead, haven't you heard? No. Haven't you read? Have you, haven't you ever read about this in the scriptures long after Abraham Isaac and Jacob had died, God said. And verse 32, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, so he is the God of the living, not the dead. Verse 33, when the crowds heard him, they were astonished at his teaching. Amen. Amen. Verse 34, and this is where we come down to the most important commandment. But when the Pharisees heard that he has silenced, amen, silence, to me that means he shut it down, amen. So when the Pharisees heard that he has silenced the Sadducees with his reply, They met together to question him again. Yeah, I bet they did. Verse 35, one of them, an expert in religious law, tried to trap him with this question. In verse 36, teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Verse 37, Jesus replied, You must love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, and all of your mind. Mind, this is the first and greatest commandment. Verse 39, a second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. Verse 40, the entire law. And all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. Amen. Amen. So let us come over here now. Since we have the foundation of how we are to love God, Jesus, Jesus just told us that we are to love God with everything that is within us and when we do that we will obey everything that he tells us to do why because we love him and we do not want to do anything to anger him and to displease him we don't want to do that anymore because in times past that is all that we did Amen. And so out of gratitude for him saving us, we don't want to sin anymore. Amen. And so if God if God saves us by his grace, apart from the good works that we do, because if we look at Titus 3, 5 real quick, it says he saved us not because of righteous things we have done, but because of His mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit. Amen. And that was the NIV. So if God saves us by grace, apart from the good works that we do, why should we obey Him? Why obey him if we are saved by grace and it's not by anything that we could have done? Why should we obey him? If there is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus, because we see in Romans 8, 1, because the question on the floor right now is if we are saved by grace, if there is no condemnation, then why should we obey him? Because Romans 8.1 says, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen. And our salvation is not in jeopardy because if we, if we have truly repented, then yes, for those who are in Christ, who are not in willful sin, then our salvation is not in jeopardy, right? So why should we struggle to obey? So here are six reasons. Now, mind you, this is not the only six. This is not by any means an exhaustive list because there are many <laughs> triple billions of reasons why we should obey God, but for today, we are going to talk about six reasons. Number one, it is our duty. Through his death on the cross, Christ Jesus has purchased us, and if we look at Acts 20 verse 28, it says, Keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. Amen. So we see through Christ's death on the cross, he has purchased us. And it is only fair that we do what he says. Amen. Listen, we are children of God. We are no longer children of the devil. We got to put the sin away. Amen. Because if we look at 1 John 2, 1 John 3, I love those chapters because it talks about Who the children of God are and who the children of the devil are. Amen. So it is only fair that we do what he says. We are children of God and we are to do what he commands. And that's the bottom line, folks. Of course, we do not obey in order to be saved because see, then that would be a work, right? Right. Salvation comes first and obedience should follow. But obedience, listen, obedience goes deeper than duty. Obedience should come from the heart. Why? Because we want to, not grudgingly, but because we have to. So why should we want to obey? There are three main reasons, faith, hope, and love. Amen. And number two, why? Okay, could the question, no, the question on the floor is six reasons to obey God. And why should we obey him? Number two, in faith, we believe that God's commands are good that they are for our own good. Amen. Listen, He loves us, right? And He wants to help us, not to give us unnecessary burdens. As our Creator, He has the wisdom to know how we should live, what works best, And what causes the most happiness in the long run? Amen. Because when we are not up under God's commands and His righteous laws, well, then guess what? We will run amok in this world. Amen. We will will chase after what the pagans chase after. And that is what? The lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes and the pride of life because that is what the world offers. See, God offers us eternal life. Glory be to God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And so the world looks at it as if, oh, we are so boring. We don't have any fun. We don't we don't cut up the way how they are cutting up in the world, it's because we we got the mindset and the change of mind where sin is concerned. We don't want to hurt the Father. We don't want to bring shame to His name anymore. We don't want to blaspheme His name. We don't want to take His grace as a license to sin. We don't want to do any of that. We are so grateful that He saved us from hell's fire and the final judgment that all we want to do is obey Him out of love. Amen. And so we have to trust Him in that. His perspective is much better than ours. Obedience expresses faith in his wisdom and love. Obedience is what he made us for. Because if we look at Ephesians 2.10, it says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do what? Good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And listen, life works better if we are in tune with the way we were made. We were made to be God's handiworks. What? It says, so that in Christ Jesus to do those good works that God that God has prepared for us to do. Amen. And number three, hold on, let me take a sip of my water. Number three, obedience also involves hope in a future blessing. Amen. And I'm not talking about that pro that damnable prosperity gospel blessing. Absolutely not, because if you let the apostate church tell it, all God wants to do is to bless your life. Oh, absolutely not. Oh, right, and that how, because we can't forget what Joel Osteen uh, proclaims, that you can live your best life ever and that God wants you to be happy. Not that he wants you to stop sinning and repent. Oh, no, no, no. The false teachers want us to look at every scripture as a blessing scripture, as a money scripture. No, we're talking about God's real blessing. Nothing about material wealth at all. Listen, if there is no future life, then Christianity would be foolish. And let's look at 1 Corinthians Chapter 15, verses 14 to 18, where it says, hold on, here we go. And if Christ, okay, has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. Verse 15, more than that, we are then found to be false witnesses about God, for we have testified about God, that he raised Christ from the dead, but he did not raise him if, in fact, the dead are not raised. Verse 16 For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Verse 18 Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. Amen. And so, like I said, if there is no future life, if there is no resurrection, then believing in Christ, all of this will be for nothing. Having faith will be for nothing. Looking forward to a future blessing of this glorified body will be for nothing. Listen, Jesus promised that his disciples would find that eternal life is worth far more than anything that they had to give up in this age. Because let us look at Mark 10, 29, 30. Yep, we cracking open the Bible today. Amen. He said, truly, I tell you, Jesus replied, no one who has left home or or brothers, or sisters, or mother, or father, or children, or feels for me, and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age. Amen. I love that. I absolutely love that. Listen, everyone who is saved will have the joy of knowing God forever. Amen. Amen scripture just told us but there are also rewards in addition to eternal joy listen Jesus encouraged his disciples to what store up for themselves treasures in heaven and we see that in Matthew uh, Matthew 6 verses 19 to 21 what it says it says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth. You hear that? Prosperity gospel, uh, false teachers. Do you hear that? Jesus said, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. Verse 20, But... Store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy. Amen. And where thieves, hold on, let me open this up. Where thieves, come on, give it to me. Here we go. And where thieves do not break in and steal. Verse 21, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Amen. And so several several of Jesus' parables indicate that we will be rewarded for what we do in this life. God rewards those who seek him. Amen. and we see that in Hebrews 11 verse 6. Paul also wrote about rewards. He said, the Lord will reward everyone for whatever good he does. And we see that in Ephesians 6 8. Amen. Where it says, Because you know that the Lord will reward each one for whatever good they do, whether they are slave or free. Amen. And this is not talking about salvation, but about rewards in addition to salvation. Amen. And he described the judgment as a fire that tests the quality of every person's work. Now, that judgment that Paul was referring to, it is not the great white throne judgment where the unsaved will be judged and that how they will hear that their names are not found written in the Lamb's book of life. This judgment over here that Paul is referring to in 1 Corinthians 3, verses 14. Let's just open that up. Actually, I need to go to verse 13. But that judgment is called the judgment seat of Christ or the Bema seat that judgment is not going to be for our sins because our sins were taken were um were taken care of at the cross so that judgment will not be about sins it will be about the good works that we have done once we come to Christ and those works will be tried by fire and the bible goes on to say in that scripture how that that it will be burned as um wood, hay or stubble, so let's let me let us go into that because I I actually want to read that. Hold on, let me. We doing this in real time. What is this? First corinthian Hold on, First corinthian What it says three. I'm just going to take it up to chapter three and see. Oh, come on. I'm waiting for my phone. Here we go. So, Paul was saying, let us, let me come on down here. Let's come down to verse 10. He says, Because of God's grace to me, I have laid the foundation like an expert builder. Now, others are building on it, but whoever is building on this foundation must be very careful. Verse 11 of 1 Corinthians chapter 3. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one we have already have, Christ Jesus. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one we already have, Christ Jesus, verse 12. Anyone who builds on that foundation may use a variety of materials, gold, silver, jewels, wood, hay, and straw, verse 13. But on the judgment day, talking about the Bema seat, not that great white throne, On the judgment day, fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. Talking about the Christian. The fire will show if if a person's work has any value. Verse 14, if the work survives, that builder will receive a reward. Verse 15, but if the work is burned up, Okay, because even though we are in Christ, some of the things we do are not in line with His teachings, and so those works, okay, if it's done in any pride, if it's done with any malice or any other motive, then serving God and bringing glory to Him, well, guess what. those works, all of our works, the good and the bad is going to be tried by this fire that Paul is speaking of. He says in verse 15, but if the work is burned up, the builder will suffer great loss. The builder will be saved, but like someone barely escaping through a wall of flames. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Paul is saying here that once Christ comes for us and we are now standing at the judgment seat of Christ where all of our works will be judged, he's saying that that judgment is not going to be based off of sin because like the Bible tells us that Christ died for our sins. So, This judgment is going to be based on the works we have done as a Christian while in this physical body. And people will suffer loss. Now, what that loss looked like, we don't know. It just says that um, we will receive rewards Maybe some may receive five crowns and maybe some may receive just one crown. Maybe that their works when it was tried by the fire. Okay. um, Some came out to be wood, hay or straw, and some come out to be gold and silver or jewels based on what you've done in this body as a Christian. Now, even though, They may suffer loss, but they are still saved, but barely, okay? Paul is like that they barely have escaped. That's like saying, you know, by, let me, let me try to find a phrase, you know, how you barely made it by the skin of your teeth. Well, that's what Paul is referring to when he says it like that, that the builder will be saved, but like someone barely, okay, barely escaping through a wall of flames. Amen. And if it is burnt up, he will suffer loss, but he will still be saved. Amen. Number four, love, because I'm giving us six reasons why we obey God. Amen. Because what is the title of today's lesson? Six reasons to obey God. So number four, love. Amen. We obey God because we love him. We also obey God because we love the people around us. They will be better off if we obey God than if we do not. I can't say that enough. Listen, <laughs> okay, this could be for the wives out there and for the husbands. It would be so much better if you are uh, obeying God. Why? Because we won't cheat on our spouse. We will, um, as far as the husband, right? Because we look at Ephesians 5 5 22 to 5:23 that the husbands are to love their wives as Christ loved the church. So, if we if the husbands obey that commandment, oh, what a wonderful marriage that would be and for the wife, glory be to God. Thank you Holy Spirit that if she would love her husband as the scripture commands, love and respect your husband as you do unto Christ, wouldn't that be a wonderful loving marriage where you got the husband loving his wife as Christ loved the church and you got the wife respecting the husband like she respect uh, like she respects Christ. man, that's a wonderful marriage. And so, With that being said, we will love the people around us. They will be better off if we obey God than if we do not. God's instructions are sensible. They are not arbitrary rules. They help people get along with each other. Amen. But most of all, it is our love for God that causes us to want to obey him. And that is so true. I keep telling you, once you have sincerely, like really for real, repented, and you now have this mindset of you don't want to sin. You just don't. And for those who say that it is impossible to stop sinning, It's solely because they don't want to stop sinning. Listen, hold on. I have been on both sides. I have been on on the side of the lukewarm Christian who has not fully put on the new man. I'm still in some sin. And in my little pea brain, I'm thinking, well, I'm not sinning as bad as I used to sin how deceived I was and when you when you really like you know what I'm just done with the sin and you really appreciate and you and you studying and you learning what really went down at the cross and how Jesus died died such a a horrific death on the cross that the Bible says in Isaiah 52 that he was, that the people were astonished when they looked upon him, that he looked unrecognizable as a human being. And it's like when you, when you start to look at your life and you see the consequences of sin and the people that you foolishly had around you and for me, age had a lot to do with it, too, because I'm like, listen, I'm getting too old for all of this. It's just ridiculous. And so you come to the understanding that, you know what, I need Christ in my life for real. I need to stop with the foolishness, get on board with repentance. And I, I can't begin to tell you. The peace you will have in your life when you start to obey God, when you when you flee from the sexual immorality, when you put down your weed smoking, when you learn how to cover up this body, ladies, when you stop putting out the sexy, when you learn how to control that tongue and stop all this lying and cussing when you stop with the porn and the masturbation, when you stop sleeping around, when you stop lying, when you stop with all the unforgiveness in your heart, when you stop with all the hatred and the resentment and all the uh, jealousies and the envying, like when you just stop all of that, you will be amazed at the quietness, that you are now enveloped in. Listen. My hand is raised to God. That my life. What? Two years ago now. About a year and a half ago now. Look. Look completely different. From, from what it looks like today. Amen. And so. Getting back over here to the notes. Uh. Where I left off, right, 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 that it will help people get along with each other. But most of all, it is our love for God that causes us to want to obey Him. He has done so much for us. People, listen, we got to understand what took place at the cross because when we when we don't have a full understanding about the relationship. Between God and his son Jesus, that God had to turn his back on his son because Jesus took on the sins of the whole world, and that how Jesus cried out, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? I can only imagine the the, the sorrow that was going on in heaven. That is why the earth turned dark, that earthquake. Come on now. So look, Jesus said in John fourteen fifteen, If you love me, he said, you will obey what I command. Yes, Lord. Absolutely. And then in verse 23, he said, If anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. Amen. And then John later wrote in 1 John 5, 3, this is love for God, colon, to obey his commands. Amen. So we are seeing that love and obedience go hand in hand. Amen. And because you love God, you will obey him. And he is saying that this is love for me. When you obey me, when you listen to me, When you you follow the path that I laid out for you, it will lead to eternal life. Glory be to God. God does not want us to go to hell. He wants us to listen to him, to follow him, to obey him, to love him with everything within us because of what Christ Jesus done for us. Jesus died on our behalf so that we don't go to hell, go to hell. God wants us to listen to him, to obey him, to trust him, to have faith in him. He knows the way and that way will lead to righteousness it will not lead you to the path of destruction. It will lead you to holiness and to be where He is at, for He knows the way, and for and that and that He knows the path that He has chosen for all of us. And that is to do good works and to be conformed, hallelujah, in the image of his son, Christ Jesus, God so loved the world that he sent Jesus to die for us and that whoever believes in him shall not perish. God says that his commands are not burdensome and that he wants us to obey him and not to turn to this world for help, for He is our help, for He knows the way to righteousness, and that is through His Son, Christ Jesus. Glory be to God, thus saith the Lord. Amen. Number five. That was a word from the Lord. He wants he wants his people to know that he wants his people to know that he is coming and that he is coming soon. He understands the times that we are in today. But he said that if you follow me you will have life the life that you live will be in abundance, for I am the Lord God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. For I know the path that you should that you should take, for I made your path straight. If you listen to me, you will prosper. If you listen to me, you shall live. For I make the path straight for the one who obeys me. For the one who said yes to my son, I will make his path straight. Yes, Lord. I will make the path straight of the righteous one, the just one. The one who lives by faith, by my commands, I will make his path straight. There is no other path to take. The path that I have laid out from eternity will lead you to life but only if you listen to me. Listen to me for I am Lord God. There is no other. I share my throne with no one. The path to righteousness leads through my son. I sent my son, I sent my son to die for the sins of the world, and through him your path shall be made straight, but you must obey, you must obey my teachings and my word, for they lead to eternal life. Amen. Thus saith the Lord, we must obey and we must turn to him and follow him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord God. Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. Hear my words today. My righteousness, my righteousness is holy and those who I have chosen shall be holy. The righteous will inherit the kingdom of God. Glory be to God. Thank you, Father. I'm listening, Lord. I'm listening. Take heed to my words. Life forevermore is found in my son Jesus. Do not stray do not stray from my word. Thank you, Lord. Thus saith the Lord. Amen. Whew, the Lord is speaking, people. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Let it be as, a, as you said, according to your word. Amen. Okay, back to the lesson. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Whew. Number five. Amen. 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 Let us look at John two verses four through five where where he talks about the man who says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar. But if anyone obeys his word, God's love is truly made complete in him. Amen. When we are united to Christ, we will be more like he is. Amen. Number five, we want to bring God favorable pup publicity. Yes, we want to bring him good news. We want others to come to him to love him as well. Listen, our obedience serves as a witness to God and the gospel. So we want to always bring good publicity to the Lord. Amen. Obedience says that God is great and good and wise, and we adore Him. Amen. Obedience says that God is important, that He is valuable, and that He deserves our loyalty. Amen. That He deserves our loyalty. I just had to say that again. Let your good deeds be seen, Jesus said, so people can see them and praise your Father in heaven. Amen. And we can see that in Matthew 5, 16. And in closing, a bad example will bring the gospel into disrepute. We see in Titus 2, 5, it says to be self-controlled and pure to be busy at home to be kind and to be subject to their husbands amen so that no one will malign the word of god amen but a good example can help people be favorably disposed to god amen because we see at 1st peter chapter 2 verse 12 talks about live such good lives among the pagans. Peter wrote that thou that though hold on that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. Amen. And look, according to Philippians 1:27, it says whatever happens Conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Amen. Help the gospel. Okay. Help the gospel be associated with good things and not bad. Yeah. Apparently, the apostate false teacher did not get the memo of Philippians 127. May they all repent. Amen. Number six, and this is the close. This is the life of the age to come. If we really want to enjoy life in eternity without lying and cheating and stealing and other such behaviors, if we really want that sort of life, then we want it now, not just in the future the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit invites us into a life of love and goodness, not a life of selfishness and sin. Amen. And so that is why we really want to enjoy life in eternity because who got time for the lake of fire because of all the lying and the cheating? and the stealing and other such behaviors absolutely not now look (laughs) if we really if we really have our eyes set on heaven then we need to repent and put away all the sin we need to obey god trust him with everything that is within us, and to love our neighbors as ourselves. Amen. We obey God because we love Him, and we show that we love Him by obeying Him. Thank you, Father, for the word that you gave us today in today's podcast. Thank you so much, Heavenly Father. We love you, and we shall obey you because we want to see you face to face. Amen? Amen. All right, people. I am going to let you all go. You all need to repent. (laughs) We all, Lord God, have mercy on us all. We all need to repent. And stop sinning and turn back to God. So, Lord willing, until next time, i speak to you all soon. Bye for now. Thank you guys for tuning in. I truly appreciate all your support. Until next time, I'll be talking to y'all soon. Bye.